0: Michael Avenatti took to Twitter to accuse Nike of illegally conspiring to direct top elite basketball recruits to Nike-sponsored colleges, including implicating Zion Williamson. Professor Mike McCann joins me to discuss. This is the UNH Law Podcast. Learn more about the law school and apply by visiting law.unh.edu. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or host and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire. So, Mike, before we get into Williamson's situation specifically, Michael Avenatti is best known recently as being the attorney for Stormy Daniels against President Trump, Julie Swetnick during the Kavanaugh hearings. But here he's actually facing considerable charges for attempting to blackmail Nike, correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. So Michael Avenatti is obviously a well-known attorney. He has represented clients in controversial matters. He's also I think fairly political for an attorney. I I know that there was talk that he might run for president. So he his role as an attorney is a little bit different than than the typical advocate for clients. He has been charged with federal offenses for allegedly extorting Nike and specifically having conversations with attorneys who are representing Nike, where he is alleged to have said apparently on on recording that Nike either acquiesces to his demand that the company pay as much as $26 million that would reflect compensation to Avenatti, a co-conspirator and a client. The client is an AAU coach in California and the money would reflect in part the AAU coach's contract not being renewed Though it sounds like most of the money would have gone to Avenatti, at least. Yeah, there's
0: supposed to be some sort of work situation where he's technically working for Nike for a certain period of time. That's
1: right. To do an internal investigation yes. Nike didn't want. And I don't know if that's really essentially just paying him amount of money to, to kind of go away. Now, Avenatti will likely argue that this is an extortion, that even though he's alleged to have told the lawyers, I'm going to go on Twitter and I'm going to do a press conference and reveal all these negative things about the company and about specific individuals, he will likely argue that this is just lawyering, that when lawyers on opposite sides are negotiating, that they sometimes make threats, that they swear, and they do other things that would normally be uh, upsetting or could be construed as extortion. Here, some of the challenges for Avenatti would include that if what the complaint about him claims is true, that the money really is mostly for him rather than his client, that sort of cuts away that this is about the client. And there's also the fact that it's not clear that Avenatti's threat was really about representing the client, but rather about more extorting Nike. So,
0: Which is how Nike took it, and they went to the FBI.
1: That's right. Nike went to the FBI and the recording started, and that's always a
0: danger especially nowadays. So how is this tying into Zion Williamson, who played for Duke? So over the last week or so, Avenatti has tweeted out
1: a number of comments about specific players, including NBA players, including world-class recruits, and basically saying that they broke NCAA rules and may have been part of criminal fraud by how they went to colleges, that they were paid off or their parents were paid off and with Williamson the he has tweeted that Williamson's mother was paid by Nike an amount of money that was essentially a bribe for her son to go play at Duke which is sponsored by Nike so that basically it's a it's a payment alleged payment to the parent for the son to go to a particular college and that that of course if it's true would suggest that at a minimum there were ncaa rule violations but also potentially crimes because we know that in the case of adidas there were three defendants including jim gatto an employee of adidas that were convicted of criminal charges related to fraud and interstate wire fraud because of that activity where they're participating in transactions to pay recruits to go to colleges and the theory there is that the colleges are being deprived because they're admitting and enrolling students that are ineligible to play.
0: And this is all fresh in everyone's mind, especially currently with, with all these celebrities paying for their uh, their children to get into colleges. I mean, this is all the feds are right on top of all this stuff right now.
1: They are, you know, a lot of people. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people, but some people would say that this is maybe too far. I mean, this is basically this is interpreting honest services wire fraud, the idea that the colleges are being deprived because either coaches are not performing their services because they've been bribed or players are there because of bribes and they're not really eligible. I mean, these are private universities. It's interesting that this becomes a federal offense. And also, it's it's very easy to get interstate activity, right? I mean, you place a phone call to somebody in another state, that's interstate.
0: People go out out of state for college all the time.
1: Absolutely. And there are... ATM transactions that could create interstate activity emails texts so it's very easy for the federal government to say that it has jurisdiction and it's it e- e- this is clearly unethical conduct uh but is this does this warrant you know decades in prison uh, it's an it's an interesting question yeah have the families of the students spoken up at all some of them have agreed to plead guilty uh, it looks like Felicity Huffman one of the the uh the movie stars whose child was was admitted uh, through an alleged bribe has said that she will plead guilty, uh, but others have not. In terms of basketball, the parent... No, we haven't heard the parents talk. The only parent who spoke was the father of one recruit last year as part of the Adidas trial, but that was as a cooperating witness.
0: There's obviously, with Avenatti having all his issues of his own that um, that are directly tied in with this. I mean, how reliable is he as a witness for this?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. He, he certainly is not a typical person. And there are questions about his believability, his credibility. Uh, we know that in the Senate, this came up during the Kavanaugh hearings, that there are concerns that he may have been untruthful about his clients' accusations and Uh, as they related to then Judge and now Justice Kavanaugh. So, sure, this is is not someone who is a clean slate. And on the other hand, if he has records, records are records, right? And and it looks like he's already posted a PDF file uh, that contains purported records, including banking transactions. So, assuming those records aren't fabricated, I mean, I guess that's possible, but chances are they're not— If he has specific records, probably because the coach he's representing gave them to him, he could be pretty damning. Even if he himself isn't the most credible person, if he has actual evidence, the evidence could speak for itself.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's kind of unique about him is he loves to be the center of attention. I mean, that's been obvious since Stormy Daniels when he was kind of hinting at possible presidential runs in the future. I mean, the average person probably would have went, oh, here, FBI, have evidence. Please don't send me to jail for 47 years, which is a Kind of a possibility of what he's going to get based on what, what he's being charged with. I mean, um, it'll be interesting to see what the the courts say about this. Like, does this work to support him or is he just being self-serving?
1: If he is playing or trying to play the role of the whistleblower, yeah. that's fine. But the problem is that he, he could be making correct accusations against others, but that in and of itself isn't a defense to what he's accused of. Right. <laughs> or he might prove that Nike did bad things. But he could still be convicted of extortion, and He's going to need to be able to rebut the specific charges. He's going to have to say that that was an extortion, that that was lawyering, right. and that he's given a certain degree of latitude in those negotiations. Yeah, that happens,
0: it seems a little more likely it could help this case. But otherwise, this is kind of saying, I'm guilty of these things over here, but these other things over here, look how bad Nike also is at this. I'm like, are you helping yourself? And the client, I mean, the yeah. client
1: would seem to be implicated in this as well, right? The yeah. client, it's an interesting tactic to tell the world, <laughs> yeah, my client at least by inference, seem to be taking bribes. Yeah. That's not, you know, you could say, well, how is he really helping out the client? That I don't know if it's the client's getting out of this. It looks like he was part of a corrupt practice.
0: A link to Professor McCann's article on sportsillustrated.com is in the episode description. Also follow him on Twitter at McCann Sports Law. Be sure to subscribe to the UNH Law podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or host and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire.